everybody, welcome back to another episode on the Chatterer Mole podcast. Today we'll be speaking to running coach Tim, also known as at Tim Runs World on Instagram. We're going to be chatting all about motivation. Obviously, when recording this, it's just been announced that lockdown's going to be happening again in the UK for another month. So we will be highlighting on that. If you're new around here, please make sure you subscribe to the Chatter and Mole podcast. Let's dive straight into it and get motivated. <laughs> How Brilliant. are you doing? Yeah, I'm really well, thanks. And yourself? Yeah getting through the whole new lockdown happening again in the UK <laughs> as everyone else um, yeah. so yeah do you want to kind of explain who you are to everyone because obviously a lot of people watching are people yeah. that you know from your profile some of them from mine so in case no one knows who you are then do you want to just kind of give us a quick run through about you yeah absolutely so um, I've been a running coach for coming up to three years now I've been a teacher a primary school teacher uh, for the previous 15 years or so before that. Um, I'm a national uh, running show ambassador too. Um, and yeah, I love running, everything about running, everything about sport and really hoping that even I can just help one person tonight um, be a little bit more motivated to get out there over the winter months, then that would be great. <laughs> yeah, job done. <laughs> exactly. In terms of the coaching, how did you get into that? Um, yeah, really interesting. So as part of my primary school teaching job, I've always, I've always coached youngsters and just really enjoyed that part of, of being a, you know, really uh, job satisfaction. So it seemed to come quite naturally. So as part of my being, being a member in a running club, um, a couple of people approached me, um, just to ask if I could give them any tips initially. And, and then they kept coming back and asking me for, for more tips and then said, oh, look, can you, can you coach me? Can you? And actually, at that point, I'd never really considered it. This was, yeah, this was about three years ago. And so I was really only coaching from a, you know, an avid kind of running geek point of view at that point, not official or anything. So actually, then I started looking into what kind of pathway there would be to get into coaching because I was re really enjoying helping other people. So I did the England Athletics Leadership in Running Fitness qualification, the LERF course, as it's known. Um, and then that led on to then doing the England Athletics Coach in Running Fitness qualification. So a much more meaty beast, um, but really fascinating. really enjoyed it. I'd recommend it to anyone who's interested in doing that. Um, and then things have just snowballed from there, really. More and more people have, have heard about me through the club and and then through social media, really. So it's, it's grown into what is now my, my, main, my main job, which is amazing. That is amazing, because you hear so <laughs> many people, especially going down the PT sort of path in gyms, where it just doesn't quite work out for them. So yeah. I'm, I bet you're feeling super lucky that this has kind of projected to being your full-time kind of main job that you're doing. What would you say is kind of like the main benefit that you found from being a coach kind of making that transition from being a primary school teacher to being a coach um in terms of the role it's it's freedom really so i get to choose who i work with and when i work whereas obviously in a school you're restricted to the holidays of school holidays but also having to get up really early and not getting back late at night and and always having those piles of books to mark so <laughs> so not having those to do is is just yeah it's great um it really is a, for me, it's a dream job. 
Yeah, definitely. I lived um, in first year in halls of residence. The uni sorts you into the halls. And I was in a hall flat of six of us and four of them were all studying primary education. <laughs> so oh, that was, that you. was the first year of university that I had to listen to all of it. And I thought, I'm so glad I didn't go down that path for me because I know I yeah. got a slight impression of how stressful it was. So um, yeah. that is for sure. In terms of like your coaching then, when people were kind of coming up to you for tips and advice, what would you say the main sort of theme was running through all of that when people were coming to you before you got your qualification? Um, I th think there were two things. So first of all, people were really second guessing and overcomplicating things. Um, not really sure what to do. Um, quite a lot of people had been had gone and done the Couch to 5K. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really popular, very structured, but actually not not necessarily helping people in terms of knowing how to run, but actually just getting them to run in the first place. So, so that was a, kind of a lack of direction of what to, where to go next. Mm -hmm. And then kind of coupled with that was, was a, a momentum, a momentum thing. So they've done really well up to a certain point. They've maybe plateaued or they're not sure what to do to want to be able to keep going and also not wanting to lose sight of how they feel at the moment because they've got this warm glow of things improving and enjoying their running and not wanting to lose that and go back to where they where they'd been before so those are probably the two main things um and coupled with that last one is accountability mm -hmm. and actually that i find that to be um one of the one of the biggest and most satisfying parts of the job is having uh people i work with come up to me at the end of the a session and just saying you know i'd never have pushed myself that hard on my own I can't believe I managed to do that. And it's being on that journey with people is, again, it's just, it's just a great part of the job. Yeah, definitely. I think people underestimate what sort of impact a coach actually has on their running or even just a friend who's like a little bit more knowledgeable that can kind of push you that extra mile. I mean, in terms of gym, I think when I first started, I had a online virtual PT that I knew already. And that helped in terms of learning how to lift weights and how to apply diet to my lifestyle. And he helped within the running side of things as well. So it helped with the whole setup and getting the ball rolling. And then I kind of went on from there. But yeah, no, like you say, it's such a kind of weird gift in a way that you get to share this experience with people through something that you actually enjoy, which yes. is running itself. Like that's the two most perfect things kind of married together <laughs> within this yep. job. That's for sure. So um, obviously the main sort of topic of this chat is going to be about motivation, which yes. is such like a broad term. <laughs> so we'll narrow it down to a few different points because I realise motivation is a bit like a daunting thing that when people hear that, they think, oh my God, I don't know how to motivate myself, this, that and the other. So in yeah. terms of, you know, clients coming up to you or, you know, saying, you know what, I'm really not feeling it this week. What is your main sort of tips and advice in terms of motivating yourself to go out and get that run done yeah it, i think my answer to that it, it probably sounds like a bit of a cliche but it's the thing you have to keep coming back to it it's knowing why you're doing it in the first place so if i just tell you from my my own background experience because that's the easiest thing to, to talk from really mm -hmm. um when i was really young um i've always been able to eat tons and tons of food and it, it, it's never led to a weight weight gain or anything like that. I've been really, really lucky, but um, my dad wasn't so lucky. <laughs> so, so throughout my childhood, he'd been telling me, oh, you know, you'll end up like me 
at some point, you know, you're going to get fat, blah, blah, blah. And I've always been really quite a competitive so-and-so. <laughs> so actually from that point, I kind of resolved that I would never end up being overweight and fat like my dad. Um, so that always, I mean, even now, even this week, you know, it's, it still sticks for me. That is, that is my big, big motivator inherent in me. It's not about me wanting to be faster than anyone else or winning medals or any, you know, things like that. It's all about, you know, I want to be great role, role model to my kids and my friends. And yeah, I don't want to be huffing and puffing when I get to the top of a flight of stairs. <laughs> That is for sure, definitely. Like remembering your why and why you started running. And I think it's important to note your why does adapt as time passes. So for some people like you, you've had that same sort of why, maybe different aspects have kind of changed along the way. But then for mm. others, like they started running for a reason. For example, like they wanted to finish the couch to 5K. You know, that mm. that's probably a typical one. They get to that point. They then kind of need a new why for the next stage. So it's really yeah. kind of important to remember that it there's so many different elements but yeah for sure i think a lot of people can relate to the whole starting because you physically want to be fit and you know when you've got kids as well like loads of mums and dads out there especially mums when they've you know given birth and they've gone through the first six months after having a baby they think right i've got to get myself together because i want yeah. to kind of set a role model for kids do you have um any clients that kind of fit that actually that might be a bit of a weird question but <laughs> no you're absolutely right well actually yes i do so actually quite a lot of the people I work with are in their 30s and 40s um often working parents and they have got to a point where actually they they've looked around and thought actually I've actually got a little bit more time to be able to do something for me now yeah right what am I going to do and you know that that was kind of the, the situation I was in having kids not being able to play football and cricket all weekend every weekend anymore and think well what can I do that fits around family life and actually you know running was was the, the the most obvious choice really so yeah um a lot of par a lot of working parents um and maybe i'll talk about something to do with them later if we've got a chance but yeah. um yes so definitely uh and i think that's probably the the group that i um that most people uh come to me with questions about is right you know i've got a bit more time now i want to look after myself a bit more the kids are grown up how you know how can you help me yeah help the whole transition of them growing out uh growing up and eventually moving out <laughs> that's always gonna be, yeah, a scary, exactly. that's gonna be a scary point yeah. for everyone um yes. like i'm an only child so when i moved out that was it like my parents didn't know what to do with themselves anymore apart <laughs> from we got a dog so you know that that fills in the gap a little bit um but that's yeah. brilliant to hear in terms of the role model for kids we'll definitely talk about parents afterwards as well because mm. i think that'll be a really interesting uh, topic to talk about so in terms of um obviously we're coming into the winter months so the whole yep. term like motivation especially within running when you come into the winter now the amount of sort of blogs and videos that i've seen already literally in the past week as we approach november it's being like how to run in the rain how to run in the dark this that and the other yep what you know that addresses how to do things but what about the initial actually getting out the door and starting your run in the winter what's kind of your main sort of tips in terms of just getting it done during the winter basically yeah yeah that, that, so a few tips first one is plan it in so it actually happens so you create space for it to happen i think that's a big one if you leave it to chance it, it's not going to happen mm -hmm. um second thing is um plan your route and know what kit you're going to be using and wearing so make sure you've got a head torch 
if you're going to be going into dark places. Uh, work out what route you're going to do, because that can always be helpful for you, but also make you feel more reassured and safe. And also communicating that with a partner or other loved ones so they know where you are to reassure them too. Um, and getting your kit out and ready and in a different room to your bedroom if you're doing it in the morning or if you're doing it late at night maybe doing it straight after work before you even get into the house mm -hmm. you know r rather than getting home into the nice warm cozy place and then you're probably not going to get out there so um that would be that would be a big tip for me is if if it's possible to run and bike commute then then do that that's that's what really helped me in the early days was was doing it as a effectively a necessary part of my day to get to work and uh, yeah that helped a lot definitely as we approach lockdown then on the flip side if you're not going to work and you're having to work from home mm. um, obviously laying out the kit the night before knowing where you're going and you know having to factor in the fact that you know if you're a parent especially the kids are still going to school that's another hot topic that i'm going to avoid but the whole okay. school still being open but then the parents having to work from home so yeah. obviously it's bad timing we're coming into the winter we've got the whole you know incorporating it into your um commute and have the kit out the night before but if you're not actually commuting anywhere what mm. would you say kind of gives especially your clients like that extra push to actually you know do the run and be proud of themselves afterwards for just doing it especially in these really strange times I think that's one of the benefits of having a training plan. You know, if, if someone's, someone's got that prepared, ready for you and you get, you, you know, you know that you've invested in yourself by getting a plan in the first place, mm -hmm. you're much more likely and motivated to do it because you know that otherwise you're, you know, you're wasting money effectively. Um, but yeah, part of that as well, I suppose, is knowing that you've, not got to think about what run you're doing you can just look at your plan and go right i'm doing that off you go yeah. makes it a lot easier and again it avoids that procrastination and overthinking that as human beings we're all we're all likely to you know <laughs> go to as a means of delaying something that perhaps we're not necessarily that sure or keen in the moment to do i think visualization is also really important you know look projecting your thoughts ahead to thinking right how will i feel when i've done that run as mm. opposed to how will i feel in an hour if i haven't done yeah that how run? you feel if you stay in bed rather than actually just go and get the run done i always say to everyone that i always feel like despite the amount that i might complain about being out in a soaking wet horrible windy run i always somehow feel better afterwards and that's yeah that's one thing i think coaches like yourself drum at home every single time as like the main motivator you always feel better after a run and it doesn't even matter how long the run is if you feel like yeah. you hit that pace or you didn't hit that pace or you had to change the route at the last minute or for me what really gets my blood boiling is just seeing that traffic light crossing and it goes red for the person crossing so you can't cross as cars coming you've got to stop and get the phone out and pause the run but like beyond all of that you always feel better afterwards so yeah, yeah no i definitely agree with that in terms of that kind of being the main push towards uh, going outside and just getting the run done that way i mean being able to adapt as well i guess is a good idea like this mm. morning i don't normally run on treadmills but this morning was one of those 
where it was 50 mile an hour winds outside and I thought maybe I need to put the sensible hat on and go on a treadmill today yeah. and like ad being able to adapt like that was so much easier because I'm on a plan so like yes. I knew what I needed to do I just had to change the environment it's in and I'm doing a plan just for fun not for like a PB or anything just for structure so yes. if people are kind of entering lockdown now and maybe they started running during the first lockdown mm. so maybe they've never ran in the winter before mm. obviously you mentioned about the kit you mentioned about the head torch in terms of mm. finding out what best kit to find is where what sort of direction do you point them in in terms of finding out do you know um there's, there's so much you could end up spending on running kit um and i'm probably not going to help many <laughs> many running organizations when i say this but you know when when i first started running we were on a really really tight budget um young kids only one of us working and actually i got i got away with with stuff from sports direct um i still have things that i bought from sports direct that i still use now so mm -hmm. you know I, I wouldn't say that you know having expensive kit is is a barrier you just need to be safe so something bright wear something bright and reflective in the winter yeah have a head torch you know if i was going to invest in anything it would be a decent head torch that rather than just helping me be seen actually lights the way ahead of me um you can you can actually get really powerful good head torches from places like decathlon too mm -hmm. so um and just just coming back to your point about um uh, flex and adaptability in your goals you're absolutely right you know yeah. over the winter you know with with at the moment as well with so few races actually going ahead now um obviously that's not going to be an incentive so change your goals you know make make your goal to get out the door three times a week you know for example or yeah. you know to have a cumulative amount of one hour a week running or you know whatever it happens to be for that, that's useful to you you know some for some people it's it's mileage i wouldn't necessarily use that because i think it can get quite obsessive and <laughs> um Un unhealthy but there are lots of different metrics you can use to help you and and actually there's lots of lots of places lots of things you can do that aren't metric based you know you can think about you know your rate of exertion on a run so you know if 10 out of 10 is a sprint you know okay i'm going to try and do today's run where most of it is a 7 out of 10 and then yeah. the next time i'm going to try a 3 out of 10 run um you know anything that gets you being a bit more intentional and mindful about what it is you're doing in a run can can really help you get out there. Yeah, definitely. In terms of Sports Direct, the waterproof I actually run in is one that I bought from Mountain Warehouse that zips up into itself into a little pack. And I've used that for five years that I've been running and I still use it now. So like, I mean, as a student, I'm trying to save money as well. So sure. um, like just anything, like really cheap hiking stuff. It's for hiking, but you can wear it for running as well. And, um, you know, that waterproof has done me some good. And like you say, you know, Decathlon and Sports Direct, like there's a few people commenting on this now that are saying, you know, they've gone to Sports Direct to get their stuff because everything else is just quite overpriced. And you can save that money for something maybe more relevant and more enjoyable, like purchasing a plan, getting a coach. Because, yeah. you know, you don't want to end up being that person. I mean, I think everyone goes through it where they end up being the one with all the gear, but no idea, like that famous <laughs> saying. You know, you can still have all the gear, but you don't need to spend like all of your yeah. savings on running gear or anything like that. No, um, no, that's right. But I guess, I guess someone could argue that getting a new pair of running shoes, for example, does help the motivation ever so slightly. Maybe it does give you that initial push, but in terms of maintaining it, like 
when I got my new hokers because the previous pair that I had had like run out of uh, room basically in terms of mileage like they were finished and like when you got them like the first few weeks I was like oh yeah I got the new shoes I'm gonna go out but, but you know a couple of months down the line I'm not thinking about the shoes like that's not my yeah, main motivator yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that, that's really good to hear in terms of kind of going through the winter months and actually having that incentive to get out in the dark especially mm. but in terms of being safe and that sort of thing yeah. in terms of um like fitting it around your day I was listening to an audio guided run which was actually one of those from uh, the Nike running app that I like listening to whilst I'm doing my planned runs, just so I've got something in the background. Mm. And uh, it was one of the ones in a series with Headspace. And they were talking about the whole where your mind wanders to whilst you're on a run and the kind of yeah. danger of kind of slipping into thinking about that future meeting that you're having that day what you're going to be doing that weekend. And obviously, as soon as you're thinking about the future, you're not focusing on what you're doing in the present. It, you know, you can get a bit lost and suddenly you might find your pace is dropping. You're actually, for me, I usually actually find that I'm speeding up when I'm not focusing. And I wonder why <laughs> yeah. I'm tired and achy at the end when I'm going to be doing an easy run. It's because I've let my mind wander. So in terms of kind of the skill of bringing your mind back to the present and actually concentrating, what's your main sort of tip in terms of just having a clear head when you go for a run and just thinking about the run that you're doing? Yeah. And um, so a couple of things. So, um, from my from a personal point of view um i love running because it actually helps it's an active process for me of actually clearing my head so those easy runs or you know where i haven't got i haven't got any more of a goal than just getting out and doing a run it just it's brilliant because i just go straight to my nothing box in my head it is probably the biggest thing inside my head is my nothing box and i could go out and and not really think about anything other than just just running do my run it's a bit like people talk about when you're driving and all of a sudden you think i can't remember the last 10 minutes of where i've driven i kind <laughs> yeah. of get that a little bit with running too sometimes um but something that i do bang on about a little bit as well is is having a goal for each of your runs so that could be you know what just clear your head that is that's the focus for today's run or it could be right i want to run x miles or for so long or i want to really think about picking my feet up after i've you know pushed off it could be i want to think about my arm swing and really be intentional about that but just having one one focus for your run can really make all the difference definitely for sure um someone sent in a question whilst you were explaining that um which i think is actually a pretty good question uh yeah. someone's asking they don't want to join a running club per se i mean you can't at the moment because yeah. of lockdown anyway but um, they said i do want to find a running buddy how do I go about doing this? So, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I was uh, just, I was going to leap on that only because I found um, someone got in touch with me on LinkedIn just this week, who I think is a, is an owner of a company that specializes in helping people find running buddies that live locally to them. Oh, wow. That's I thought, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Um, so what I'll do is I will try and find out the name of that company or the website and I'll, I'll message, I'll message you Molly. Yeah. And then maybe you can pop that in the comments or something. Yeah. Or, or I can... I'll pass it on. I'll pop it up in the yeah. video probably. That sounds like a brilliant idea. I was yeah. going to say in terms of finding a running buddy, um, I mean, social media is a great place. Um, Absolutely. Um, the national running show is great as well. Like we've met loads of really uh, random different people 
um, through that process and how many different people are there from all sorts of different backgrounds with all sorts of different um, like running wise. So I'd say definitely social media is a great way to find people. I mean, you'd be surprised if you put out there where you're from and you're like, I want to do runs on this day of the week. You'd be really surprised on how many people will be like, yeah, I'm up for that. And if you're only wanting one buddy, then maybe you chat to a few of them and see who you uh, relate to the most and get on with the most and that sort of thing. Um, but in terms of running with someone, just kind of touching on that, I usually run by myself. Like I'm, I'm used to that because I'm being over here by myself. I'm living in a house with other people that like doing their runs by themselves because we're all sorts of different abilities and speeds. But during lockdown when I was at home, I actually ended up running with my boyfriend quite a lot because I got him into running. And the difference that it makes when you're running with someone else, I didn't really ever understand until I did that. And then I transitioned back to here by myself. So if you can get a running buddy, it's like having a coach. It gives you that push to mm. kind of get the most out of your runs. Like usually I'd get down after a speed session if I saw that my pace, you know, I wasn't hitting the pace that I wanted. But then after running it with my boyfriend, there was always a cheesy line that he'd say during that run that usually came under the audio guided run being like, you know, you don't have to be here, but you are here. And he'd always take the mick by saying that. And that would just instantly cheer me up. So that's a yeah. cheesy example. But it kind of proves how important it is to run with someone. So, yeah, we'll put um, the name of that sort of company on the video and I'll send it through to um, whoever asked that question as well. But that—that's really coincidental timing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little bit freaky, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think what I'll probably ask is like the final question: is what is the main thing you've learned in terms of motivation and kind of giving motivation to your clients as a coach? What's kind of been the main insight that you've got from that? I think the main one is, um, you know, a coach and everybody else can can do as much as they possibly can to help you but at, you know at the end of the day the be all and end all is that motivation it really is a choice and it's got to come from within so like we said right at the top of the uh, the podcast about knowing why you're doing it mm -hmm. is just really important and then it's a case of reinforcing that as much as you possibly can in terms of um, positive self-talk to yourself to other people, immerse yourself in other positive groups. Um, I'll just give a, a quick shout out to, if anyone's on Twitter, the UK Run Chat um, mm. group on, on Twitter is, is absolutely brilliant. Um, there's loads of you know, positive people on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, loads of groups on Facebook as well. Things like Running running the Distance is a really good one. Yeah, There's loads though. Um, and it's really just and asking questions getting known in a group you know you don't have to join lots of groups but just finding one or two groups where you can belong with people that you know uh, that seem to speak your language and and uh, are into the same kind of things as you um but generally i mean I, I hope you found this as well molly that generally speaking the running community wherever you happen to to, to find them um online or wherever else are just incredibly incredibly positive and will yeah. always be ready to help yeah, they're definitely the, one of the most welcoming communities I've probably ever kind of stumbled into um, in a weird way. I mean, especially, I think my first one was probably Parkrun. A lot of people would probably say Parkrun as well. Like, that was the first physical community that they were like, whoa, there's other runners around me. They all love running as well. This is pretty cool. And then, um, like you say, as you go beyond that, you know, you connect through 
um, social media and Facebook groups and that sort of thing. And for me, mine was the indoor relay where I was physically actually having to hop on a video call and talk to people whilst they were running, which was a very weird experience. But people open up to you when they're running um, without mm, even yeah. realising. So that's why, like, when we had Tom on last week and he was talking about his running group, which is focused on, you know, opening up in a safe space whilst going for a run. That kind of proves how running can kind of just let you relax and just get your feelings out there and you know connect with other people in a really comfortable environment so uh yeah that's great um someone's asked okay i'm not sure how they're trying to frame this question but they've just said understanding the runner and their needs i'm guessing they're asking how do you you know as a coach over time how have you kind of developed how you understand the runner and you understand their needs i think that's what they're getting at yeah um i think what's really important is that open dialogue and that regular communication so uh, in in the early days um it's capturing as much information from the athlete as possible sorry i call everyone an athlete so it doesn't matter if you're 500 stone or you know if you've only just if you're six months old everyone to me is an athlete and a yeah. runner I, I say use the same term for everyone um mm -hmm. yeah it's um understanding the runner is really important but as you build a relationship you get to know the person and you get to know how best to motivate them you know whether they are someone who you know and, and I, I mean this in a metaphorical sense needs an arm around their shoulder um, and lots of reassurance or if they're someone who actually benefits more from you really pushing them in terms of goals mm. or if there's something else about about them but absolutely understanding a runner and their needs is absolutely fundamental and also understanding that you know they've got you know we generally are working with people who aren't professional athletes so they have a lot of other things going on in their lives and and this is a hobby this is something they want to enjoy and you know that that's something that you always need to be remembering as well um and and so i think that that reality knowing that reality and you know living it myself as well i think that really helps in terms of understanding and meeting them where they're at i think is really important yeah, because in terms of your running history as well, it means you're very relatable for a lot of clients and you're able to kind of, like you say, tweak the way that you motivate them based on, you know, the sort of feedback that you're getting from them. I mean, people, like you say, they react in so many different ways to different types of motivation. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. It's so fundamental for a proper running coach. And even as someone that just sits on social media like I do, like the way that yeah. people ask sort of questions or they react to the way that you like even the way that I write my captions like that sounds a bit far-fetched but sometimes the way that I write them relates with more people than others so um no that's definitely a very good insight so I think what we'll do is we'll wrap it up there um because time flies when you're having fun it does doesn't it I can't it I can't believe that's we've gone over 30 minutes already yeah um, but yeah I think that Sorry, the last thing I was just going to say is I realised I've got a wristband on. I've not talked about this wristband. So this came from a friend of mine, and I don't know if you can read it. I'll hold it up, but it says, you are capable of amazing things. Mm -hmm. And actually having a little mantra, whether it's in your head, on your wrist, wherever it happens to be, on, you know, on your laces, on your trainers, uh, can be a great way of just grounding you again. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think w what you said about your presence on social media, Molly, is, it, is so important in you know, you want to be that positive person. And I definitely want to be that for, you know, well, for all my friends, for my family, for the people I work with. Yeah, I want them to feel that, you know, when, when we have an interaction, it lifts them and it yeah. doesn't, you know, floor them or, 
you know, whatever else. We want to, you know, keep keep the energy high, keep the motivation high, keep the smiles high, and let's get on and do it. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about motivation and especially about being a parent and running as well. That was like a nice added element because I guess that ties into motivation and everything like that. So um, I hope you enjoyed it despite oh, the absolutely. internet dropping. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I hope you really enjoyed it and best of luck with your uh, running parent event um, on the 23rd of November. We'll obviously do something just before then to promote it as well. And um, if people don't know how to get there, they can obviously go through your profile uh, once you officially launch it and everything. But um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on and I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll be seeing you for my university research soon. We'll be talking about alpha flies. (laughs) I don't wanna lose me, so I need to choose me